All right. Morning, Dr. Bressman. Morning, David. So, yesterday we were focusing on the uh, third question that we asked in this mimer. The third question was, how can there be clip in the world of Atsilus? The four, the four questions correspond to the four worlds. And the fourth question corresponds to the world of Atsilus. The question is, how could there be uh, a question in the world of Atsilus? If the question was merely a clarifying question, something to to use to get to something deeper, uh, a, a, a sort of like a pretext to, to go deeper into the conversation, so then it will make sense. But the language that we use about the four questions are, they're called kashis. The kashis indicates something which is against, uh, not, not, it's not just something which is clarifying, it's something which is disturbing. And the question is, how could that exist in the world of Atsilus? So, what we learned so far is that um, there's a difference between what Klippa was before the sin of the tree of knowledge and after the sin of the tree of knowledge. It says that just like there is the peel of a fruit that uh, protects the fruit, so to the Klippa before the sin of the tree of knowledge, it, it functions somehow to protect Kedusha. Like the Gemara says about the Nachash, where it says that if the sin would not have been done, and the sin, the, the snake would not have been cursed, then every Jew would have used uh, snakes to bring them uh, diamonds. They would send one snake to the north, one snake to the south, and the snake would have helped us. Uh, it also Mashiach will come, that the snake will become a Shamish Godel, a great servant of the Jewish people and of, of, of holiness. But Klippa existed before the sin of the Tree of Knowledge, but it exists in a way that didn't disturb Kedusha. Klippa was, in so to speak, in the lowest realm, and it wasn't in the realm of holiness, and it was served just like the peel of a fruit is out to the fruit and protects the fruit, so to Klippa protected Kedusha. I'm not sure exactly what that means, how it protected Kedusha. Um, I think that, uh, in general, Klippa serves as a, uh, it con- conceals godliness, and that does something in order to allow us to receive uh, Kedusha, but I'm not sure if that's what this means. I have to look it up. Didn't look it up yet. Actually, there's a more mark. Let me try to look it up quickly. One second. So, um, So the bottom line is, is that the sin of the tree of knowledge that caused Klippa to leave its realm, to go away from the realm of, of being distant from Kedusha, and to fear and to fight with Kedusha. So Klippa, um, Klippa and sin have something in common. It says that sin can only reach the realm of the world of Bria. Sin cannot reach the world of Atsilus. There's no sin in Atsilus. There's no evil in Atsilus. So, Klippa uh, also cannot reach the world of Atsilus. Like it says in the, in the, in the uh, Gemara, there is no forgetfulness in front of the throne of your glory. So, so forgetfulness, like yesterday, the concept of denial or, or mental block, 
those things um, can only um, uh, are, are a product of our animal soul. Our animal soul doesn't like remembering things; it makes it makes it uncomfortable. But but in kedusha there is no no concept of forgetting things. That's why it says after Mashiach will come. It says that we won't forget things. We'll learn things one time, we'll remember them because the animal soul won't uh, cause there to be forgetfulness. Forgetfulness is associated with klipa. So it says there is no forgetfulness in front of the throne of your glory. The throne of your glory refers to the world of Bria. The world of Bria is the world of the throne, where there's the neshamis and the angels standing in reverence to Hashem. That's where there's forgetfulness. But higher than the throne in the world of Atzilus, there's no concept of forgetting. And because in the world of, of uh, Bria, there's no forgetfulness, I'm sorry, the world of Atzilus, there's no forgetfulness and there's no, um, there's no klippa, the question we have is, how could there be a question, how could there be a question Atzilus? Now in the second paragraph on page Zayn, the second paragraph on Zayn. Now, Cornelius can understand the concept of a kasha only exists in the Bria. You see it? In Atsilus, the only thing that could exist is a concealment of godliness, but not a kushia. So you said page Zayn? Page Zayn, second paragraph. That's the meaning of the Pasuk. Hashem puts darkness to be his cloak. There could be something that conceals godliness for the purpose of revelation, but not a kushya. What's the difference between a kushya and a hella? Both are, uh, indicate something that's not clear, a concealment or a question. What's the difference between a concealment and a question? Klal, it says in the previous Shabbos talk that I mentioned how at his Seder someone asked him, how is it possible that, um, that uh, there is a, a question in the world of Atsilus? The fourth question corresponds to Atsilus. How could there be a question of Atsilus? So the previous Shabbos responded that just like we find the Bait Sadiqim, that they had to do some kind of work, or they have to do some kind of work. Uh, the word meaning of mortar means to uh, under, understand Torah through the method of Kalva Chomer, and the meaning of, of bricks means to, to clarify halacha. In, in that talk, I think, I don't know if I shared this or not, I don't remember. Uh, in that talk, the uh, previous Rebbe mentioned how, how uh, when a simple person hears something, from that may, maybe well be, way, way beyond them, that brings them to a higher place. Even though you may not understand what's being said to you, but just hearing something that's beyond you brings you up to a higher place. So then he mentioned there was a chassid who uh, was was uh, Gershon, who was a butcher, and uh, he was crying because he heard the Rebbe Hashab speak about souls in Atzilus, and he thought the word Atzilus meant pachelus, which means change. And he was crying because Pachelis. Pachelis is chains. So he was crying, how could souls be in chains? So the Freak was speaking about how, how, uh, how a simple person hears something from a tzaddik, even though he doesn't understand it, but it, it brings him to a, to a different place. It, there, there are, that's the effect that tzaddikim have and that when they share something which is, which is not in your realm, 
it, it affects you in, in, in a different way. You want to understand what they're saying, but there's something that brings you somewhere. So, so the Prudic Rebbe said that, that, that when, that, when a tzaddik has to do the, the hard work of understanding Torah, that is a similar effect to the hard work the Jewish people had in, in, uh, in, in Egypt. And so, too, there is something in, the, in some, some subtle form of a um, of, of subtle form of, of, of confusion that the tzaddik has that um, in understanding the Torah that is that mirrors the hard work the Jewish people had in Egypt. That's what the previous ever said. That's, 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 that's to explain the idea of of clip and atzilus that there's some kind of subtle form of confusion like like the tzaddik has to work hard. So, but our question was. Okay, subtle form of confusion, fine. But the word that we're using is kushya. Kushya is not just subtle, a subtle form of confusion. In, a kushya means something which is, which, is, uh, which is really obscure. You really have no idea what's going on. A kushya means something which is disturbing. It says about tzaddikim, and it says in Tanya, that tzaddikim has no connection to anything evil. Hill said that he heard from the Alter Rebbe, named the Alter Rebbe, that... For souls like Rosh Hashanah, it's as if the base of English was never destroyed. Yet, although tzaddikim aren't living at this high level, yet they have to do something similar on their level of the hard, back-breaking labor of mortar and bricks. They have to understand the Torah. They have to grapple the Torah study. However, for the tzaddikim, it's not considered a kushya, it's considered a helm. What's the difference? That explains. What's the difference between a concealment versus a, a disturbing question? The word helm, which means concealment, is something which hides the truth. But a kushya doesn't just hide the truth, it goes against the truth. I think of, for example, in a dream. In a dream, not only are you not aware of the truth, you think the opposite of the truth is the truth. Not only do you, do you not see the truth in a dream, but you think that, that, that your dream, which is false, is the reality. There we go as an example. What, what, what's the difference between something which hides the truth or something that goes against the truth? It says that God looked in the Torah and created the world, so therefore the kinds of experiences that we have all come from the Torah. We find in the Torah also this concept of something which goes against the truth. How so? It says in the Torah, the Jewish people will come and ask, what will we eat in the seventh year? When God will tell us that we have to stop working in the seventh year, one day the Torah says, what will happen if you will ask, what am I going to do in the seventh year if I'm not going to work? I'm not going to plow and plant in the land, how will I possibly eat? What kind of question is that? Is that a concealment or is that a kushya? That question is not just something which hides the truth, it's something which goes against the truth. Not just goes against, not just hides the light, but goes against the light. Think of, for example, the difference between the parable and the riddle. What's different? It says, before the sin of the tree of knowledge, it says the world was a parable for godliness. After the sin of the tree of knowledge, it became a riddle. What's the difference between a parable and a riddle? A parable, you tell a child, two apples and two, and two apples equals four apples. In the realm of the child, he, does not, he can't look at the abstract idea of two and two without having the apples. So you tell him an example of Yankel and Shmerel, and Yankel had two apples, and Shmerel had two apples, and they got together, and they had four apples. 
So in the child's world, he has to first grasp the apples, and then he is able to, to think about the abstract idea that's being presented to him to his form. When the realm of the adult was teaching this idea, the, uh, the, the parable is, uh, it fits like a glove in the idea, and it's not, there's no concealment. For the child, also, it's not a concealment. The child is more like, the, he has to see through the parable the truth. But it's not that the, the parable is something which, which goes against the truth. The parable is conveying the truth to the child. It's conveying an abstract idea with, the, with, with this example. On the other hand, a riddle is something which confuses you. When you, when you hear a riddle, you don't know where it's going. You don't know what, what, what's, what, what, what you're supposed to do, what you're supposed to do with it. it. It not just hides the truth, it goes against the truth. It says after the sin of the tree of knowledge, the world became more of a riddle than a parable. You have to figure out the divine providence of, of, of circumstances in your life. You don't know what this has to do with godliness. You don't, you don't know what, how every event is part of the, Hashem's plan for the coming of Mashiach. For this in the tree of knowledge, it was more clear. This is the sun. The sun is a parable for the revelation of Yekivavke. This is each thing in the world. Like I said before about the snake. The snake was clear what the snake's function was, to serve, the, to serve and to help Ketusha. After the century of knowledge, it, was, it became more of a, 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 a riddle. What's this thing doing here? Um, so in a similar way, when the Jewish people are presented with this impossible circumstance, they, they cannot work in the seventh year, and they cannot plant, they cannot plant, they don't just have a question, they have a, a riddle. What will we eat in the seventh year? And that makes them feel that the opposite should happen. They, they feel, so they feel we should plant, we should plow. It's not just a a clarifying question that hides the truth. They feel the opposite of the truth is the truth. They feel we sh- we're supposed to plow, we're supposed to plant. So the fact is, Hashem says that in the sixth year, you're going to have triple as much produce, and there won't be any problems. But the question is that I, I need to plow, I need to plant. Does that, does that hear the difference? Okay, it sounds to me that it's even more that the question actually creates an opposition almost. Yeah. It's an opposition to Kedusha. People at least have an opportunity. Here, it pushes it away. Right. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not like, it says the difference between, between the Babylonian Talmud, the Jerusalem Talmud is that the Babylonian Talmud, although we follow the Halacha, follows the Babylonian Talmud, uh, there's an issue with the Babylonian Talmud. That's why the Gemara says that Abzair fasted, Hunter faster, forget the, yes. forget the Babylonian Talmud to, to learn the Jerusalem Talmud. What's the difference? So it says that, that the Babylonian Talmud has kushis, has real questions, real confusion. It's true that through these questions you get to a deeper light, but in the interim, you are you, even the deeper light is a is a blinding light. It's not something which is it's not, it's not a pure clear light. Mashak Mishavani, Gemara says that the Babylonian Talmud is something which puts you in the darkness. It may get you to the halacha in the end. It gets you to a deeper understanding of the truth, a blinding revelation of Hashem's truth. Fine, but the way it brings you to that place is by putting you in total darkness, by confusing you. On the other hand, the Jerusalem Talmud is a clear revelation of Hashem's truth. Jerusalem Talmud says, this is the way it is, this is Hashem's truth, and doesn't, without, without the confusing questions. So in the world of, of Bria, there could be um, Kushis. In the world of Atsilus, there could only be Helames. In the world of Atsilus, there are no riddles. There is a revelation of Hashem's truth. It could be something which hides the light of Hashem, for a purpose, like tzaddikim have to work hard in order to receive a higher level of light. Okay, that could exist. But the concept of something which goes against the truth, that doesn't exist in Atsilas. And that's a, our problem. Our problem is that the, the child says to his father, Dad, I want to ask you four kashas. That means even the fourth question, which corresponds to Atsilas, is not just called a question, it's called a kasha. 
And the question is, how could there be a kash in Atzilus? Atzilus is a place which doesn't, which doesn't have that confusion. Atzilus is a place of, of, of revelation, of nothing besides Hashem. We are the ones who ask the question, in the, beneath the world of Atzilus, in the world of Bria, where there's Klippa, that, that is, albeit in the minority, in the world of Yitzir, it's half and half, in the world of Yitzir, there's a majority of Klippa. We are in these lower worlds where Klippa is more dominant, so we have real kushas, we have real confusion. What are we going to eat in the seventh year? That, that bothers us. But the world of Atzilus, which is higher than Klippa, how could, it have, how could it be Klippa? So continuing on, let's try to do the answer. That explanation is, in Atzilus 2, there could be Klippa. In Atzilus 2, there could like this. There is Klippa that affects Atzilus, but it's not in Atzilus. That's the, that's the, that's the where we're going to go. The Klippa affects Atzilus, doesn't allow Atzilus to do what Atzilus is meant to do. Atzilus is meant to reveal something to the worlds beneath Atzilus. So although it's not in Atzilus, it's called the Klippa of Atzilus because it prevents Atzilus from doing what Atzilus wants to do, what Atzilus needs to do. So the place of the Klippa is in the world of Bria. And yet it's called the clip of Atzilus because it affects Atzilus, as we shall see. What does this mean? The clip of Atzilus, what it does is, what it's about is, to stop the flow of godliness, the world of Bria. That's how it opposes Atzilus, by, by not letting the divine light in Atzilus to reach the world of Bria. What's the purpose of Atzilus? Atzilus has no function for itself. Atzilus is meant to be intermediary through where Hashem will send this divine flow to the world. In other words, for us to have our ten spheres, our three intellectual feelings uh, and, and ways of understanding things, and our seven emotional feelings, it all originates from Atzilus. Hashem wanted human beings to connect to Him, and therefore Hashem contracted His light in the world of Atzilus so there should be something in that world that could be an intermediary between the truth of Hashem and our truth. So in order to be an intermediary, you have to have two things. You have to have a part of you which is connected to the, what's beneath you. You have to have a part of you which is connected to what's above you. So, in order that there should be the power of wisdom of human beings, it had to go through the wisdom of Atzilus. So, what is the difference between Atzilus and the light of the sun? The light of the sun doesn't care where it shines, or if, or if it reaches the world or not, if there's clouds there or not. It doesn't matter to the sun. It doesn't matter who receives the light of the sun. But Atzilus is about Hashem's light creating something here, about Hashem's wisdom becoming human wisdom through, through the intermediary of Atzilus. The sun doesn't even care if it burns, if it's beneficial or not beneficial. Right. The sun is just shining and not affected. The light doesn't care one way or another. It sounds like Atzilus. For the benefit. Oh, right. Atzilus is emanative, the purpose of being intermediary. Therefore, Atzilus has two, two, two opposite things in it. Atzilus is an intermediary. It has a part of the, what the higher part and has a part of the lower part. Atzilus is called a world. The word world means concealment. That's the lower part of Atzilus, the concealment of Atzilus. On the other hand, Atzilus is called the world of unity. As it says in the Zohar, he and his lights are one, he and his vessels are one. Atzilus there's a revelation of nothing besides Hashem. In the Lebanese analogy, Atzilus is like a king in his throne, in his private chambers, and all there is is the king. So that's a higher part of Atzilus. So the clip of Atzilus opposes Atzilus, it, it prevents the divine flow of a revelation Atzilus to reach the world beneath it. So the place of the clip is the world of Bria, not in Atzilus. But 
In Atsilus, it's just a concealment. It's not a kusha. There can't be kushas in Atsilus. There can't be anything that goes against the truth in Atsilus. In Atsilus, all there is is a concealment. But from the concealment in Atsilus, that, that through a shtalsho, through a chain of descent further, that leads to, in the world of Bria, there being a kush that prevents the light of Atsilus from reaching beneath it. And that's the reason why the child asks, I want to ask you four kashas, that even the fourth question, Atsilus' question, is called a kushya, because from the perspective of the Ben, from the perspective of the child who is in the world of Asiya, he doesn't see the world of Atsilus. He doesn't see the revelation. And therefore he's asking, what happened to Atsilus? In Atsilus, there are no questions. But from my perspective, there's a question, there's something that's stopping the, the divine revelation of Atsilus. And therefore, for me, there is a kushya. In Atsilus, there's no kushya. Uh, he would somehow uh, wake up the next day, look like 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 he was uh, like nothing happened the whole night. Fabreng, and he gets all dirty and whatever and crazy. I remember one Fabreng, and he uh, ends up on Kingston Avenue after a snowstorm. And this Kingston Avenue is full of snow. He says, "Snow comes from heaven." And then, what do we have over here? The Kingston Avenue is full of dirty, black, muddy snow. Comes from heaven. As, so in a world of Atsilus, there's no, there's no confusing questions. By the way, it comes down over here, there is a, a great concealment. That's why it's called the clip of Atsilus. So stop here.